it was a very much a true friendship layer of like let's just like make videos and collaborate and david obviously gets tons of value out of his friends by being sort of the cast of his videos and his friends don't make money from those videos per se but they get the opportunity to then go and create their own content and so that's like the purest form of it What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three. Uh, had a lot of fun on the first two topics. Kind of wanted to roll into the third one with something a little similar. I want to talk about content houses, something I've seen in the news a lot that people continually ask me questions about. Uh, so hopefully you guys are liking these topics. Uh, I would love to, and I know Blake and I would love to see things that you guys want us to talk about that revolve around the creator community. I promise we will eventually have guests but we wanna like get our flow, get our rhythm uh, before we have guests. Uh, we'll do a little quick intro again. Uh, my name is Reed. For those of you who don't know that didn't see the first few episodes, I, I manage a lot of YouTube creators, uh, guys like Mr. Beast, Preston, Typical Gamer. Uh, been in the space for about five and a half years. Started with Dude Perfect and you know got obsessed and uh, haven't looked back. And also uh, we have Blake. Yep, yeah, I'm Blake, uh, investor at Ludlow Ventures. and. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in the creator and gaming space, mainly out of personal interest, but we invest all over the board, really early stage investments. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we have 100 plus companies in our in our portfolio. So all across the board in terms of types of companies. What, uh, what are some companies that you guys have invested in around the creator ecosystem? Ooh, we're investors in a company called Stir that, mm -hmm. that's doing uh, like financial products for for content creators. Uh, we're investors in U2s. Uh, if you're familiar with U2s, <laughs> I think and, everyone can probably uh, see all of them behind me. I got yeah. what, 37 of them. That's a, that's another story for another day of how we ended up <laughs> investing in that company. Um, we're investors in Hundred Thieves um, with Nate Shot and, and what he's done. Um, trying to think if there's any other top of mind that, that we've invested in this space, but uh, we also were early or uh, small investors in Streamlabs, um, mm -hmm. and so I mean we we've invested. In quite a few in this space and uh, i'm always looking for for more opportunities to invest here we'll uh, we'll get to the hundred thieves i'm sure down the road uh we'll probably have a guest on for that one i i am curious though because we're very involved with u2s was it actually a vinyl company when you guys invested or did they pivot i mean this is like the seventh pivot for this company oh, uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty it's pretty incredible I, I mean, it was not at all what they initially set out for. Um, and so it, it's it's been really awesome. And they really found something with UTs and uh, it's been incredible to watch them execute. I mean, it seems like literally every single major YouTuber has uh, UTs at this point. If you don't have a UTs, why don't you have a UTs is the question. I, I yeah, think I, exactly. you're right, man. Between Twitch and YouTube, they've hit most of the market. I don't think I've seen a David Dobrik UTs. Uh, uh, they have a Jonah U2s though. They do have a Jonah U2s. Uh, Felix, so PewDiePie did his own. Oh, yeah. um, so that one, I, I remember, uh, oh, Dude Perfect did it. So I, they, they have hit most of the market. Those guys are doing great. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really impressive to watch how they, they've navigated this space. So uh, this is the topic that, that we wanted to, to actually talk about. It's content houses. You've all seen it in the news. Uh, some of the most notable ones, Sway House, Hype House, Team 10. We want to get a little bit into the business model, why we think it works, some things and some reasons why it doesn't work and it hasn't worked. Uh, so that's kind of what we want to start with. So Blake, uh, Hype House, Sway House, we're seeing this in TikTok. Definitely not the first like iteration or wave of content houses that we've seen. In your opinion, who's someone that is doing it right at the moment? Oh, wow. I, it's 
It's a really good question. I, I think it really depends on the intent. It seems like a lot of these these content houses uh, are doing it is just like let's really all just collaborate and mm-hmm. uh, we'll try and just make as much great content. We'll all blow up together. I mean, as you probably have seen with, with Hype House, like the biggest stars ultimately just leave. Uh, but I think right now the ones that have done it the best – and, and maybe like I, I can't even think of anyone that's doing it amazing right now. But if if I look back at sort of the earlier days of YouTube, I think like Optic was probably the best example, or maybe Phase right now is one of the mm-hmm. best examples where uh, they still have kept that that core. Uh, Phase New York House was like very iconic in, in the early stages of uh, of YouTube, and I think there's still a lot of that that's still shown. I mean, Clout House and and all of that. Uh, they've always done a really good job of keeping that core together. It really depends of how you define success because, like, you could yeah. define Hype House and Sway House as, as massive successes in the, in the fact that they are doing really well and getting tons of engagement and tons of talk about it. But, like, from a business model, it's unclear which of these is actually, like, the best way to do it. So I'm curious to get your yeah. thoughts on, on that. So I, I've heard a lot of pitches about content houses over the last five years, and the one thing that stays constant is everyone wants to turn it into a media company. That's every, everyone says this to me. Uh, I, I think Hype House has now realized that this is just a place for people to hang out. They tried to do the business thing, didn't go as well as they had hoped, but everyone, and this was starting with Team 10, even actually going back to Team Crafted, who if, if people listening don't know who Team Crafted is, it was like the early stage Minecraft YouTubers. Sky does Minecraft, oh, uh, wow. I think Universe, Jerome, like, uh, like all the OG guys, right? And they lived in a house uh, it was like the first iteration of a content house. Uh, they ended up obviously breaking up and going their separate ways like most content houses do. Uh, but this is kind of the constant is like, how do you turn a content house into a, a media company that actually has revenue? Uh, that's not just a place to hang out. That's not just a merch company. I think that's the thing that that I've found interesting is trying to watch some of these, these houses pivot into that. Phase probably is the best. Uh, content house or content team and and for me like kind of i i like to judge these of if phase or if optic back in the day or whoever today can has the power to find someone that is not well known that is maybe streaming playing video games bring them into the house and instantly make them a star i think that's what content houses have done very well that's what team 10 did very very well and that's what phase has now they have like the power to grab some random streamer off twitch or someone off youtube who nobody really knows outside of maybe a couple thousand people and make them and you know a success on the first day within the content house. So if that's how we're judging success, uh, then I feel like there's a lot of good examples. Yeah, I think the interesting thing to explore here is there's sort of the centralized and then like the decentralized version of, of these content houses where you have some that really accrue all to one major brand and that seems to be the focus and you actually don't let the other creators create their own personal channels and, and let them thrive. Like even Nelk in some ways, like uh, Kyle and, and, and Jesse are really having all the value accrue to Nelk as a brand rather than uh, their own personal channels. And, and Do Perfect's probably the best example of this. I know mm-hmm. they're not a content house, but they're definitely like 
a collab uh, group. And I think they've all basically opted towards let's build all or have all the value accrue to one specific channel uh, or one specific brand, which is obviously very different than uh, a hype house where it's just like at the end of the day, if you're someone within hype house, you're going to be focusing on getting yourself most popular first and foremost. And then like hype house will exist on the side of just being a collective and maybe they'll sell merch one day. But that's just a very different dynamic than uh, having all the value accrue to one specific brand. And, and I think that's uh, something that we're, we're going to see more and more of, like this bifurcation of mm-hmm. uh, some people realizing there is a ton of value in just pulling all of our uh, resources and, and time into one specific thing versus uh, all of just investing in our own personal channels. Because I think that's why they ultimately break apart is, is the one person just ends up blowing up and they're like, okay, I'm out. Like, uh, there's no need for me to stay in this. And you saw with Addison and, and Charlie and, and Hype House and uh, I'm sure we'll see more within all these TikTok houses. Yeah, well, the ideal situ- like scenario for Nelk is, and, and probably Dude Perfect, to be honest, and they made a conscious decision early on that this was a team thing. This wasn't an individual thing. Dude Perfect was about the group. It wasn't about the individuals within the group. And I feel like Nelk has that same camaraderie. And so for Nelk, like, I think for a successful content house or content group like Nelk, you want to be able to interchange people over the course yeah. of multiple years, right? That's what makes a successful content team or a content group like Nelk is, you know, eventually when some of these guys are like, you know what, I just don't wanna do this anymore, you just kind of recycle people in, right? Like, So you keep the brand going. I think over the next decade, it's gonna be interesting to see like who stays around. Is there a world where Dude Perfect is still here a decade from now or when Tyler and, and Cody and Kobe decide to step away and no longer wanna do it, does the brand die? Right. I think that's the question. Uh, I don't know yet. I don't think we've seen a situation yet where someone's recycled in new talent and kept a brand alive. Um, So that'll be interesting to see over the course of the next few years as some of these people cycle in and out. Yeah. And and I think phase has actually done a really good job here like i think phase obviously we we saw the first iteration of phase house with like rain and adapt and banks and and these people and i mean there's tons of people now that that only know phase probably through like rug you know yeah. uh, or or uh random people that that have joined later on and and i think that's super super powerful for them and and probably one of the best indicators that they're onto something really massive and that like everyone just knows what phase is and they've leveraged the fact that all of those guys were really big stars early on and that helps sort of create this next generation and obviously there's i mean they're still active but um there's a ton of room for new people to grow and and become the next banks or adapt within uh phase and i think that's really really interesting do you think that we'll see and we saw this in esports with phase 100 thieves all raising capital do you think that we'll start seeing YouTube groups like Nelk, Dude Perfect, the new generation start raising venture capital, raising from private equity to really scale out a bigger business? Yeah, I think the ones that are, are thinking about it and building a bigger business, like I think a lot of these uh, creators aren't really thinking about building a bigger business until they get to 10 million subscribers. And, and then they're like, oh, wow, there's actually something much bigger here. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways to use our brand. And so I do think there's there's going to be some broader play here. I don't know if it looks like uh, venture capital or if it's more like private equity and, and maybe there's like a roll up of a bunch of these channels or something like that. But probably the best example, and, and they're not on YouTube, but Barstool Sports where mm-hmm. uh, you had the churning group come in and, and, and invest there and help put a business team around it. But it sort of just shows the power of the individual or personality driven companies and what can happen when you build 
really interesting like products and services to go with it they i mean churning group built out like an entire sponsorship team that that's really crushed it there but we've now seen they've gotten acquired by by pen and they've launched their own uh sports book and so it's not hard to imagine nelk one day doing the same thing or or one of these brands that uh has a real big cult like following around it um and they are really personality driven where people are bought in uh that we're going to see more and more of that 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 feels like a no-brainer yeah, it's been frustrating for me to see uh, the lack of innovation for some of these content teams that have gotten so big. Uh, why hasn't FaZe launched their own uh, consumer products yet? Uh, why hasn't Nell launched their own consumer products? I'm sh- Hopefully they're both working on this right now. And if they're yeah. not, then <laughs> you, you better get to <laughs> <Call> work. <us. laughs> uh, yeah, you better get to work or at least find someone that can help you launch these because uh, there's just a lot of, of power there to build an actual business with enterprise value that isn't just tied specifically to the brand that'll fizzle away, right? This isn't YouTube merchandise. Uh, this is building a consumer packaged goods company that actually has some type of value associated with or without that company there. So I hope that we see a little bit more of this. I, I don't know if we will in the next few years or not. I'd imagine some of them are working on it. Uh, we've seen a little bit of it. But the content space for me, at least with these houses, is you know it started with Team Ten trying to build this media company, and it's really kind of turned into the whole TikTok. Hey, it's just a house to hang out. You know, I, I don't know which one's the better model. I'd love to get your thoughts on like how how should these be structured? If you were thinking about building your own content house, like how would you structure this business? Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of sucks that Team Ten blew up the way it did because i actually think team 10 in a lot of ways got some things right and this is probably a controversial take but i think that like from my understanding team 10 was pitched as hey i'm jake paul i'm blowing up i'm gonna go and help blow up other artists or like other creators make them famous and because i'm making them famous by bringing them into team 10 i'm gonna see some upside in that and obviously like that's a really big gray area within Mm. YouTube and and just the collaborative culture that has happened organically, but it worked, right? Like he helped blow up quite a few people. And and I don't know if those people who are in team 10 would deny that, that Jake played a major part in helping to establish them as like uh, influencers and creators. And so that is, it's one that I don't know. Like, I think someone will crack. Like I think someone will, somehow figure out how to get into that space and maybe it's you structure it as a management company uh or something like that where instead of maybe taking a percent of AdSense or or something like that you're just like hey we are now uh going to be your managers and and for helping to give you exposure we're going to become sort of this like full service manager that uh, i helped blow you up but now i get like a percentage of your brand deals or something like that and so that might be the like the optimal way to do it but it's still unclear because i i really do think there was something there and that he clearly demonstrated uh, that he could give these smaller creators a ton of or, or a huge boost. And uh, the the bigger issue is like if you give someone a huge boost, a lot of them don't necessarily know what to do with it. But he was really good at creating content around all of them, and and uh, yeah. it seemed like they were really onto something. Uh, but obviously, as you get them to a certain point, uh, it's just like okay, well, I don't want to be giving a cut to to Jake anymore or Team Ten anymore, so I'm just gonna leave. I, and so I'm always curious, like, is someone gonna figure out how to do this in uh, a more I don't know safe or kosher way within the, in this ecosystem? Because yeah. that that feels like a really big opportunity. I actually I, I agree with you. I don't think they got it that wrong in terms of how you structure this business. You know, I, I know Jake, when, when he did this, I, the track record for blowing up talent was actually very good. 
Uh, there was a lot of people in Team 10 that had very successful careers in Team 10 and still, you know, are, are full-fledged content creators today. Taking a percentage, you know, of that person's, I think, everything, right? Not just sponsorships, merch, AdSense, you name it. That model worked. It worked really well. I, I think people then, and, and this kind of always happens with talent, is eventually, like, say you blow someone up, you know, talent always gets leverage. Always. Talent always has leverage, right? And I think some of the, you know, creators in Team 10 eventually got leverage and they were like, I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, But you saw like a lot of people that left Team 10, they kind of had that decline after they left because they no longer had Jake, who is, you know, back in 2017 was a machine at creating vlogs and content and really sucking people in. I was guilty of watching. I think I watched every single Jake Paul video plus Logan video in 2017 like everyone else. He was very good uh, at what he did, and he was very good at putting it out on a daily daily basis, and then putting everyone in the house in that in that vlog. Um, so, I, I don't know how I would structure it differently if I was to build out a company like that. I think you're right; they probably should have built an internal management company. If you were going to build an internal management company, then you need to build like best in class services too. You can't just be like, "Here's your manager, talk to him <laughs> for all your needs." It needs to be like here's your merchandise team, here's your management team, here's your operations team. Like you need to actually build best in class services so they think and they know that they're getting the best that is out there and they yeah. wanna stay, they're incentivized to stay. That was probably some of, of what they forgot to build um, was actual infrastructure to keep talent incentivized to stay within the house and to, to keep blowing people up. But at its core, I, I've said this a lot, Team 10 was a great, um, it was and it was well executed. Uh, yeah. They just did a few things wrong late. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's still around or not. To be honest, yeah, I don't I don't think it is, but I, I'm not sure. the The thing that I'm curious about is like, well, we've seen this dynamic play out time and time again, where like the talent gets bigger than where it's at, or like the the initial thing that blew it up. But we saw it with with Barstool recently with with Caller Daddy, where yeah. uh, they were they were like threatening to leave. There was this whole story around it, and then like. Dave Portnoy from Barstool like stepped in and was like, "Hold up, <laughs> like, like I, 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 I'm, I'm like I helped blow you up, I helped make you successful, I gave you a huge platform, like, and now you're gonna turn your back on me. And yeah. like, if you're interested and want to dive into that story, it's super interesting to see how it all played out. But it, I, I think in in Jake's case, he probably would have had to go on offense as well. And and when these I don't know, creators were going out and saying like, hey, Jake is like screwing me or whatever. But the truth is there's tons of creators right now that are smaller that have sub 100K uh, subscribers that would be like, I'd give a percent up to X, Y, and Z person if they got me to a million or two million subscribers overnight. And like, so it's not a, a bad pitch. I think it's just once you're in the position of, oh my gosh, now I have two million subscribers, like you almost forget like uh, yeah. like how you got there. And so you're just like, like and of course you probably have new managers or agents poking around and being like you don't need to keep paying uh jake all that all that money and so we need to figure out how to get you out of that contract and and so i just imagine that that's what happens in in those situations and uh that's a really tricky thing to to solve for but i do think there like was something directionally right about what he was exploring there and and in order for like future people to to explore this like i i think 
people have to get used to, to people getting upside and, and helping blow them up. It's not that different than a record label, uh, you know, signing talent. And uh, obviously there's tons of people that probably have controversy around record labels and how they are as well. But there's a reason why they, they exist and have existed for so long is because they are actually helping distribute and, and pour marketing resources and all of that into uh, helping someone blow up. And so I think there, there will probably be a label equivalent within the YouTube space. And I always thought of Team 10 as sort of that first iteration, um, but for a bunch of reasons, it, it failed. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of the first like MCN was uh, was more like the music label of the creator community was I think yeah. how it was pitched. Uh, and at its core, like even the MCN was a very good business model, yeah. right? But what they didn't understand is once you get to 1,000, 10,000 creators, you can't service everyone. You just can't, yeah, especially with a team of 200 people and having 50,000 creators, I think was what full screen, I think they even had more creators than that. Uh, those companies just became like, who can get the biggest and who can scale the quickest uh, yeah. to eventually sell. And they lost the the underlying philosophy of like, let's help creators grow and like, let, let's be their network and their label. Uh, and that's kind of where this thing flew off the hinges. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's what we've seen with content houses and why some of them have failed. So it's been, it's been really interesting, uh, especially from my point of view, talking with certain clients of ours, like, okay, how do you treat talent? Like, what do you do once they get to a certain, certain point? But I would imagine I could go out and find a lot of people that want to be content creators and want to be YouTubers. They would probably give up 50, 60, 70, 80% yeah. of all their earnings if they knew that they could latch onto a massive creator and would have a successful career and could do this for the rest of their life. So it's only, I think it's only a matter of time before someone figures this out and actually provides value. And they're gonna take a hefty percentage. Uh, they really are. And they're, there's gonna be talent that blows up through those like we've seen before and it's gonna get ugly, um, but people are not gonna stop doing this. Um, I still think it's a, solid business model at its core. Um, we just have seen a lot of people fail at it, but that doesn't mean that people should stop doing it. Yeah, and, and and for what it's worth, like we've seen the complete flip side of this work as well, right? Where you have you have David Dobrik in the vlog squad, where David is seemingly not taking anything from from those like and and really and and it was a very much a true friendship layer of like let's just like make videos and collaborate and um like david obviously gets tons of value out of his friends by being sort of the cast of his videos and his friends don't make money from those videos per se but they get the opportunity to then go and create their own content and so uh that's like the purest form of it and and he's done a good job of navigating on any and all drama within it so there hasn't been literally any drama that i know of that's major uh within that and, and that's been a great thing to have but if you are trying to explore as a bigger creator like hey i have tons of people that are constantly hitting me up to collaborate and they're smaller how do you explore that and how do you actually uh like you know that you are going to give some level of clout i hate to say the word but like you are going yeah. to give something to uh the smaller creator and, and and so how can you actually align that and make that work uh is one of those questions that needs to be solved like over the next uh, couple of years because there there is a, going to be more and more of this collaboration that happens and uh yeah. if you can make it work for both sides and uh everyone will benefit yeah and we're also in this was back to the caller daddy uh, example that you brought up but we're seeing some of these companies then build specific intellectual property like call her daddy yep. or other things with other organizations and then it's the the question of like who actually owns that property if that talent leaves do they own that property 
uh, and in the barstool example, they owned Call Her Daddy. And this actually, so I was thinking about this the other night, and you and I kind of talked about this off podcast, but uh, I was thinking about Jackass and the situation with them, um, and everyone hopefully knows who Jackass is and the success that they had on MTV. They were, you know, and they had a very successful career, but they were probably seven to ten years uh before they could have potentially owned the distribution, owned the IP, owned all the rights to the movies, owned the show, where you know when they started to blow up, I, I don't even think they blew up. I think it was a situation where MTV kind of found them, yeah. right, yeah. And, and assembled the crew and then completely owned the property, which I'm thinking is the case, and I'm totally guessing. I don't know if MTV. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the inside story either. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that they own it, uh, and then they brought in a production company, and and the kind of the rest is history, but. And the reason it came up was I saw Steve-O, I was doing a comedy tour and he's having a very successful YouTube career. He started a channel, it's doing great. Um, but it just kind of got me thinking of like, wow, they actually don't have any ownership over the property that they were a part of for so long. But had they have been in this generation of YouTubers, they you know potentially could have formed around a YouTube channel, owned the channel, had ownership, some type of ownership over their content. Um, and it's just not the case. And so it's just a kind of an interesting example for me of like a content group pre YouTube uh, owned by a larger organization who owned everything. Um, and for the most part, I don't think it ended poorly for anyone. I would imagine they're going to do some kind of a movie in the next like five years just to kind of bring everyone back. But uh, yeah, that was like something you and I were talking about off camera yeah. um, that came up. It's super interesting. Like the, the, there's a question that I'm always thinking about and like, which is just like, if you were to start I don't know, so-and-so business today, like how would you, how would it look, you know? Like mm -hmm. if you were to start, uh, I, I always say to like the Yes Theory team, I'm like, if, if you were to start like Patagonia today or something like that, it, it would probably look close to, to how Yes Theory has positioned themselves. And um, I, I think like Nelk in some cases is like Jackass meets Barstool, right? Like, uh, so yeah. it's like if you were to start those today, like it probably looks like Nelk. And so uh, I, I think there's, a lot of really interesting things if you just look probably in the past 10 20 years of some of the biggest uh, either media or just brands in general uh, we're gonna see probably all those recreated but within like a personality driven world where uh, you have these teams ideally again coming together for the bigger uh, thing which is actually it seems to be just like an overall theme that we've talked about across both of these previous episodes as well where it's like try and create something that has more value than just your yourself you know like uh, have value accrue to something bigger than just your own personal brand and uh, and build other things. And and I think when you have it accrue to a larger brand like a Dude Perfect or a Jackass or a Nelk or something, uh, the opportunities to build things around that, just, I mean, there's a multiplier on that. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot that, that happens within this space. Yeah, someone brought it up today, actually, that I was on a phone call with that. I was like, is there has there been a company fully incubated by influencers uh, that's been not only successful, that's kind of hit that unicorn stage. Uh, and the one that, that he actually shouted out was uh, Gymshark. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I, I, I think they're now a unicorn. I can't remember what their last round was, but I would probably make the argument that that company was fully influenced by content creators and Instagram influencers, right? Yep. And this, this isn't the first time that this is going to happen. Over the next decade, uh, we're going to see this happen a lot more once creators really understand that like yes i can have a cute like t-shirt and hoodie company yeah. or i could actually build something with value and an actual enterprise value that lives beyond my creation career when i don't want to make youtube videos 
Um, that that's to me that's where all this is headed, and it's what content houses need to start thinking about. I know that Hype House launched a um, like a merchandise company, this Hype House hoodies and things like that. What they should have been thinking about is like what product company could we launch that is sustainable outside of just launching a t-shirt that is gonna have a shelf life of two months and then people are no longer gonna be interested in it. And to me, like there's also a big opportunity we talked about earlier with content houses, but that's like what some of these people should be thinking about is like what businesses can we actually incubate with this specific house? Yes. Yes, uh, understand what your actual brand and identity, like, and and audience is, you know, and, and what is your audience like, right? Like, uh, we we keep talking about Nelk, but it's such a clear they their audience is just so clear that it's like, okay, well, maybe you build alcohol, maybe you like move into cannabis, maybe you move into gambling. Like, there's so many clear, obvious extensions of their brand. But the more that like, if you are are this content house or you have a very clear read on what your audience is like you should and and can build great businesses around uh, the community that you have, which is the holy grail. Like you, you get to ask the question as, as a creator, just what can you build like for your audience, uh, which is a very different question than like, uh, what should I build in general? Like you, you now have this, this idea of, okay, I know what my audience is, what can I build for them? Which is just totally different dynamic. Yeah, yeah, build a, Build an audience, then a product, not a product, then an audience. That's yes. been the, the general switch that we've seen over the last five years. And it's not, it's just going to continue to stay like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I see people harp on it all the time on social media. I've seen you talk about it. Uh, I, I hope it, all content creators and, and really like we're kind of talking about the, the top of the pyramid right now of like content creators. So if you're a smaller creator and you're listening to this, and maybe you're thinking about like, do I join a content house? Is that the right play for me? Uh, these are probably some of the things you need to be thinking about is like, what structure am I comfortable with? What percentage of my revenue am I comfortable giving up? And you wanna look at it down the road. You don't wanna be like, okay, yeah, 30% sounds great because I'm making nothing. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like, of course, 30% sounds great when you're making $0, but you need to think about the scenarios of like, okay, when I'm doing really well and I have a million subscribers and I'm making X amount of AdSense, am I gonna be okay giving up 30% for the next four years? That's the question that smaller creators need to ask themselves. And I don't think any of them did early on in Team 10 uh, yeah. because it got to that point and all of them were like, "What? why? Why am I giving Team 10 this massive percentage? Um, so, and, and I, I don't wanna generalize this to just bigger creators. I, I do wanna provide some value yeah. to the smaller creators trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing it a bunch right now on TikTok, right? Where you have, I mean, new houses seemingly are popping up every single day <laughs> and uh, they're all over the place. And, and again, even the structure of those is, is different. You know, like some of those might actually just be like, uh, we're gonna do brand deals for the overall brand or, mm -hmm. and more of that centralized model. Or it's like, they're all just living there as friends and we're all gonna like, it, it, from my read on the outside, it seems like Sway House and Hype House are very much like, we're just gonna benefit off of each other's clout yeah. and being in each other's videos. And that is a very different dynamic than sort of like the Jackass or Nelk or the, the centralized brand approach. But there is tons of benefits of, of being in, in groups where uh, you all are very clear that, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna benefit off of just making videos together. And Hype House obviously was at the very early stage of this where it was just like, let's all just take big creators, put them in one house, and we're all gonna hopefully become more famous as a result of that. Um, which is like at the core what I think content houses are. Uh, it's just what do you do from there? Because 
ultimately, as we've seen with Hype House and, and I'm sure with Sway House, where people just leave once they get to a certain point. Um, so they're not like those are just like sort of stops along the ride and might be yeah. just like you look back in 10 years and you're like, oh, yeah, I was in Hype House or I was in Team 10. But if you want to build something bigger as a, as a content house, then that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I, and that that is like Hype House's philosophy: come and shoot, like come and go as you as you choose. Right? We have multiple people that show up throughout the day. Let's film good content. If people blow up, great. Then you have your own brand, and you can kind of go do your own thing. Uh, both examples work and have worked. I think what Sway and Hype House and a few of the other ones, like it's working really well. I, yeah. I wouldn't argue that it's not. The other model works really well. You just kind of have to fine tune like what you think is right for you in this given moment. Uh, I know that like what Jimmy has is is very similar to what Nelk has. Is like we're building the brand, like we're building yeah. the Mr. Beast brand. Uh, the interesting thing for me too is like where where's this going to be in in five years? Are we going to see people from the Hype House, Sway House? Is this going to be like the next version of the Mickey Mouse Club? That's actually how jake i believe that's i can't remember the deck i remember seeing this deck like four years ago or three yeah, years yeah. ago i think that's what was like one of the lines in there is like the next generation of the mickey mouse club yep. uh, and that's really what these things are like there are these these organizations that are building the next generation of celebrity talent uh which kind of leads into like me thinking and this was my philosophy five years ago when i started this business that digital talent will overtake traditional talent it's just a matter of time it's where the eyeballs are going athletes are now trying to step into youtube some of them are a little too late to the game and they're going to have a hard time competing on the content scale of hey i stream once a day hey i put out six videos a week uh, hard to do that as a football or basketball player but at least they're they're trying and they're some of them are getting involved and uh like guys like kevin hart and obviously um Kevin Durant, like they're doing great. They're killing it. And it's been fun to see. Um, so that's like my overall philosophy on this space. And these these houses are just kind of furthering that of like, how do we blow up talent as quick as possible, kind of foster them and then see where their, their business goes. Yeah, I mean, it, it plays into just a, like the viral hack of what we know works on YouTube. And I know we talked a little bit on the last uh, episode of just like the algorithm and things like that. But the, the clearest way to grow on YouTube, it seems, is to collaborate with others. And like, if you can, I don't, I don't want to say like leech, but you can, if you both can benefit by being in each other's videos, then there's a ton of upside in that. And, and that's what like content houses at their core are, is just like collab culture to an extreme. <laughs> and basically to the point of like, we're all just co-signing each other. And like, if you just think about the history of entertainment, so much of it is co-signing people. Like you have rappers co-signing other rappers and, and things like that throughout all of just music. Um, and labels typically were the, were the people that were co-signing people in, in the past. And so now we're, we're just seeing like, okay, other creators are friends with other creators and co-signing them. Um, and some of them are making that more formally by being in content houses um, and then there's tons that are just on the side actually just collaborating straight up. But if you are a smaller creator, like I think prioritizing collaborations uh, is a really, really strong way no to question. actually just like grow. Um, and I mean, obviously you you have a ton of experience in this. And I mean, you look at like ZHC and, and I'm sure you could talk to this to, like a lot better, but I mean, ZHC is is like a master of this, of, of um, collaborating and figuring out a way to add a lot of value to really big stars within YouTube and, uh, and yep. helping to like grow off of that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not the first time we've seen it. It's not the last time we'll see it. Zach, uh, ZHC, everyone thinks he blew up out of nowhere, like most people do. Like he was creating content for a long time before, like he hit this niche and it did well. And he's like, "All right, time to double down." So if you're a smaller creator, if one of your videos pops off, 
you should probably be like, I need to film another version of that video because my audience really liked it. Uh, and that's what Zach found. And he started doing Charlie D'Amelio and Marshmallow and Mr. Beast. And he just kind of started hitting everyone. And he has a bunch lined up uh, for later this year and, and early going into next year. Um, and it, it wasn't really like him leeching as much as like him providing value with like customized exactly. bags and all these like cool, like a Tesla that he drew on. Um, that's just another way that, that people, like we've seen people blow up and he created a, like a new genre of content on YouTube. I don't know if yep. he specifically created this customization culture, um, but he's at the forefront by far of this customization culture on YouTube in this niche. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And, and, and really at the core of it, it is the collaborative nature of it. It's just like, mm -hmm. you know, going and, and providing value. Like, uh, it, so much of this is, is like, I think every creator is looking for, for content and like a way to make good content, especially the creators, uh, they're like lifestyle, uh, content creators, like a Charlie or, uh, people in hype house or something like that. And so when you actually go to them and you're just like, Hey, uh, this is like a, 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 something that we're delivering you. That's outrageous. Like a custom painted, uh, Tesla. It's like, Oh wow. That's actually just an amazing thing for my video as well. So thank you for that. And, uh, I, I think that is, uh, sort of like the viral hack that, that ZHD has touched on here. So I, I think it's really, really interesting. Yep, he, he gets content for his channel. They get great content for their channel, probably for multiple videos. Like if he's delivering a bus that he customized for the Hype House, uh, Lord knows where that's at. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you even get a bus up to the Hype House. Uh, so it, for me, like if, I, if I'm a small creator and I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, I'm trying to, to make it, should you be in a content house? I think if I was in that position, I would be trying to leverage to get into some kind of a group or to put a group together because there is strength in numbers. One of our clients, uh, Preston, actually was in a Minecraft group called The Pack. It's like a lot of the, the OG guys, Lachlan was in there who is now killing it uh, on Fortnite. And now some of the Pack members obviously have gone on to have their own successful careers. But a lot of those guys would probably attribute what they did as the pack in that group. And they weren't building a brand. The pack wasn't a brand, um, but it was five to six creators all making Minecraft content, all helping each other creatively, all coming up with ideas. There's a lot of value in that. So if you're a small creator, you need to think about like who, who can help or who can I help and how can we do this as a team? That's where this is also very successful. And so I hope more people on TikTok and YouTube are thinking about that, especially Twitch. Like Twitch is another one, especially with Among Us becoming so popular. Like how, how can we, I get in a group to provide value and funny commentary so they have good videos uh, as well as like helping me grow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's funny. If you look at Twitch right now, it's basically become this, right? Like the top streamers all just stream with each other and, and it's hard to break into that. And uh, it's like, how do I get into that Among Us group <laughs> uh, if you're an outsider looking in? And and the reality might be you can't get into that group, but like then you should just be finding your own group that is just as entertaining and trying to create the next pack, you know, that, that you mentioned and uh, and build your crew that, that hopefully all comes up together. Or one of you breaks and you continue to play with each other and, and hopefully all reap the benefits of it with it as well. So I think that is just like, what I would be doing if I was a content creator right now is trying to find my career that I believe is really entertaining and that I'm that you would be willing to bet on yourself. Like, you know, like you're, you're like, 
I really think they're yeah. going to be a big star, and so I want to align myself with them. Uh, that is going to be like that will pay huge dividends in the end because uh, not only are you like building a genuine friendship with those people, but you're going to hopefully be able to benefit off of it as well, and vice versa. They will hopefully be able to benefit when when you start to explode as well. So um, yep. I, I, that's how I would view it. Yeah, I think Preston would say that the pack were so easy to film with for him. It was easier for him to get videos out because he had a group of guys to come together and like help him creatively. Uh, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of benefit in that. There's a lot of benefit into having a lot of like energetic people in the group. So when you are Twitch streaming, you're like, man, I just got a great YouTube video or Twitch clip out of this. Um, so again, I, I, as a small creator, so we're not just like talking, you know, all about like what the yep. large creators and groups are doing. I would potentially think about how I can leverage myself to get into a group or to create a group uh, to grow. And um, again, uh, another, I would call it a content group, content house, whatever you wanna call it. There's like three versions right now that we've kind of discussed, all of which have been very successful. We've given you guys multiple versions of, of each of those being successful. I kind of wanted to finish um, with a conversation about 100 Thieves, company you're involved in pretty heavily as, as a board member, investor. How are they thinking about, uh, and don't give away too much because I'd like to have someone <laughs> on from 100 Thieves, yeah, yeah. Uh, but don't give away too much, but I, how are they thinking about building out a content group? Because we have a creator that's in 100 Thieves. Uh, obviously, Nate Shot is, is signing more creators. He's very involved in content. You know, I, out of curiosity, like how, how do they think about how you build this into a larger media empire? Yeah, I think everyone within the, this like the esports team space, or and yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of money that has flown into it from the venture capital side. I think everyone is trying to figure out what is the best way to approach this, right? You have some teams that are uh, signing just pure Twitch streamers and and just like, hey, we're just going to hopefully benefit off of you being a part of it. Uh, there's like I don't know more of maybe the phase approach where they're signing a bunch of talent, helping them blow up. I think. 100 Thieves is in a really interesting spot where uh, there's sort of two angles. Like one is they are signing some of the bigger names uh, like Nico and Courage and Valkyrie and Brooke and those people. And then you sign maybe some of the smaller names, help hopefully them grow as well, like the mob, uh, if you're familiar with them. And then uh, like hopefully within that, what you touched on earlier is is something that uh, I think is, is what they've experimented with a little bit is just like, how do we create really compelling content around these creators and treat them almost like they are talent within the broader ecosystem of, uh, of 100 Thieves and like, hey, let's create maybe new IP of this is a show for you or something like that. Um, and, and hopefully both parties will benefit a ton by having the resources of a production team at, at 100 Thieves behind them. Um, but also then like you can have access to, to sponsorships and, and things like that as well. So uh, it's hopefully a very collaborative side of it, but hopefully the real end goal is building like real IP in the same way that Barstool has built great IP around their talents that they've signed as well. Yeah, uh, it's focusing on podcasting, other shows. Yep. makes 100% sense. Barstool has had a lot of success with that in the podcasting space. Uh, I'm interested to see if, if 100 Thieves eventually comes outside of or goes outside of just a merch company and, and goes into more consumer products. I'm sure you can't spill on any of that. <laughs> Uh, but guys, would love to, uh, for everyone listening, uh, put in the comments like what you guys want us to talk about. We love talking about the creator space. This is something like content houses is something we're passionate about. Obviously, Blake and I, you know, have done a, a little bit of research on this space and have been involved in, you know, some different content houses over the years. So if you want to hear about any topics, uh, comment on it down below. We're going to start having some guests on. I got a, 
I got to start pulling a few people in um, over the course of the next few weeks. I know Blake and I have like a list of people that have reached out to us that want to be on the podcast. Uh, so we'll probably start cycling some people in. I don't know if it'll be next episode or the week after. Uh, also, if you guys like to see anyone on this podcast, just throw them in the comments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Blake, anything? No, thank you. Thank you for listening. And yeah, feel free to comment if there's any people that you want us to have on or if there's any topics you want us to discuss. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you.